Welcome back to the Character Corner Podcast with your host, Chris and Deepum. And we are finally back. We are finally here to do a proper Character Corner. No comic book book club, no runs. We're here to do the the Character Corner where we dive into some of your favorite combo characters and give some of the, the history and background on them, talk about some of our favorite runs involving them. Um, we're doing the Incredible Hulk right today, but um, before we get into that, guess what day it is. Guess what um, day it is. At the time of this recording, it is May 27th, Wednesday in the year of our Lord, or the year of our Satan, 2020. It is also, my, my good folks, the return of the king. Agent of Shield King is back. back. King Listen, back. I, I was going to bring this up during our, uh, our our Super Tuesday recap review of this week's Legend of Tomorrow. We're actually delaying that with the mailbag. They're both going to be recorded on Sunday with the review of the first episode of Season 7 of The Return of Agent of Shield. But I just want to let everybody know we have not forgotten Agent of Shield is back tonight at 10 on Wednesdays, and we will be reviewing those. Uh, the reviews of those will come out on Sunday. Um, when we record them. So just let everybody know uh, if you want to hear those, make sure you subscribe to super Tuesday recap podcast. But, uh, I thought it just, there's no way we could record something going on the feed and not mention that, uh, it's been a long year. Um, and there's a lot of negative things happening in 2020, but, but, but Asian shield is back folks. So that's all we needed. I just had to get that, that bit of goodness in there. um, before we jump right into this, uh, yeah, so like I said, we're, you know, this has been a long time coming. We, um, I don't know, I don't know why we picked the, why we picked the Hulk at this point. I thought there was a reason why we did that. Because hmm? of the Mortal Hulk. Well, yeah. 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 It turns out that we end up doing these also just perfectly timed because the first appearance of the Hulk is Incredible Hulk number one. This came out in May 1962. So. This is weird. I don't like it when that happens. I don't know. That's it's, all I, I don't know how we end up doing this, like how they end up, because even when we said we were going to do this, this is supposed to happen. I want to say we were supposed to do these last month in April with uh, Black Widow because we wanted to do two leading. We wanted to do Black Widow kind of leading up for when Black Widow dropped at the beginning of May. Um, we're like, well, we can't just do her. Let's do another character as well. We'll do two. We'll do uh, we'll do the Hulk. We just picked the Hulk out of nowhere. I think we're going to do the Hulk. Uh, pandemic hit, Black Widow got delayed. We end up doing, um, putting part three of our Tom King Batman run as a CBBC on the character corner feed. Uh, and so it just so lucked out and happened that we end up dropping, uh, and recording the Hulk character corner in the same month that <laughs> Hulk made his first appearance. <laughs> we got to stop doing that, man. <laughs> I don't like it. I, I just, I just don't get it. Um, but yeah, so I think the Hulk is 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 one of those characters we talked about this was the beginning of last year when we did the history of comics, um, when we talked about um, like the start of Marvel comics, um, and and you know the Hulk is one of those characters that's kind of really born out of some of the stuff you see uh, out of out of Marvel's horror backgrounds as a as a as a comic book company. Um, it's a character that you see a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of comparison between, you know, Dr. Frankenstein's monster and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and all these other things in here. Um, but I think also the thing that I think 
also kind of ties into this a lot, and you get this a lot in some of the the newer books as well. But even some things like you know, in that Peter David run of of, of Hulk, the the psychology of of Bruce Banner and and the Hulk, and I think that there's a lot of history and a lot of people when you think of Hulk they immediately go to things like Planet Hulk and World War Hulk and things like that but you know I was doing a lot of reading for this character and to me I found the the interesting parts to me are where you really kind of dig into the psychosis of who is the real monster inside of Bruce Banner in the Hulk and and what's going on there like uh, we'll get into this later on but talking about the Jason Aaron run of when they kind of they make basically Bruce Banner the villain in, in, in the villain inside of the Hulk, um, and kind of dealing with that that aspect of it and playing around with that. Like, I think that to me, sure, Hulk smash, you know, strong as there is, you know, one like me when I'm angry, the angrier he gets, stronger he gets, all that stuff in there. But when you really start playing with the psychology and the psychosis of Bruce Banner, of how much of a monster he is, and does the monster inside of him is that is is that really keeping him from being a mad scientist and things like that? Then that's where the character kind of gets gets interesting a little bit. Particularly when you get the stories that that like you said, like the, the history of Bruce Banner and his birth and kind of his development, how he got to having the Hulk, and then you talk about the reason we're here is Al Ewing pushing that idea forward, finding had a new depths to play with in this mythos. And I think that that's one of the more interesting things that I could say really, 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 really carry this story forward because it's one of the reasons why I always said Hulk movies are hard to do. Hulk stories are hard to do. It's hard to tell the story of a main character that doesn't want to be there. And, and thank you for that. I'm glad we, we went to that road. I was going to bring that up as well. I think a lot of people have kind of looked at it like, oh, well, you know, they need to do a Hulk film and we need this. and we. But every time you see that, it's the same thing, right? It's easy things of people that only kind of, I swear I wasn't going to bring this name up, but it's a Zack Snydering of things. When, whoa, whoa, I didn't do it. I know, I did it, I did it, I did it. But it's I true. I myself. But it's, it's, the, it's the idea of kind of looking at only the cool things, not understanding the things behind it. And you're right, that's why a Hulk film is, is actually kind of hard to do. Because the, 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 the best Hulk stories are the ones that, like you said, kind of deal with this idea of, you know, your main character doesn't want to be there. Or that the characters constantly in, in, whether it's the Hulk or whether it's Bruce Banner, they're constantly in a battle to kill the other version of themselves. The exactly. Bruce Banner is always trying to kill the Hulk. And at points, the Hulk is trying to kill Bruce Banner. And that is, that is something that is, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure there is a filmmaker out there who can tackle that, but I don't know if that's the movie and story that people want to see. You know, that's not a mark. That's today's Marvel can do it. Right, you know, and so like when I see people go, oh yeah, they messed with the Planet Hulk story when they did Thor Ragnarok because blah 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, but you also can't do Planet Hulk without having almost like a a ten year storyline dedicated to the Hulk to explain how you get to Planet Hulk Hulk in the first place. Like yeah. it's explain like why you have to get him off planet. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and and. And and the psychosis and the idea of who the Hulk is, like, that's a lot going into that to, to get to that point, you know? And 
And it involves the stuff that I think a lot of people kind of skip over when you see this. So, um, yeah. Um, Before we get into the history, you want to talk about, tell people, guess there's got to be someone who doesn't know what the, who the Hulk is. Yeah. Let's jump right in and jump right into it. Bruce Banner um, is a scientist who developed a way to turn himself into a giant green rage monster. Um, depending on the era in which you're reading, there's either nuclear tests or gamma bomb tests or some kind of test. He notices a young man out on the test field, Rick Jones. Rick Jones! <laughs> and you said Marvel didn't do sidekicks. Um, right. Yo, Rick Jones is... At some point, we need to do we need to do a sidekicks episode. Rick Jones got to be number one, right? Because Rick, jo- Rick who- Jones is your favorite Robin favorite Robin. Yo, Getting long, yo, Rick Jones has popped up in so many goddamn books we've talked about. Just in the background, like you know that dude, man? yo, like Rick Jones has been there everywhere. Wasn't he in the Captain Marvel stuff too? Bruh, he's yeah. the other half. Yeah, he's, he's got Captain Marvel, you got Captain America, and you got the Hulk. Like, Rick Jones is, is the number Jones one. Tell him, man, Rick Jones. Yo, you know who the Hulk to fight with? Rick fucking Jones. Right. You know who owe a dollar to? Rick fucking Jones. Because guess who's coming after you, yo? <laughs> like, I, you got... My friends, uh, Steve. <laughs> Steve and Bruce. Want to know where my money is, motherfucker? Like, 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 I mean, like, honestly, Rick Jones is like the ultimate sidekick, <laughs> and it's just, yeah. it's just, it's just incredible to me, yo. It really is, really one of those things. Sorry, I just had to bring that up. Like, no, uh, he sends Rick Jones. He takes a full blast of this gamma and or nuke and or the fearful irradiation of your time. Mm-hmm. And immediately thereafter, when the full moon rises, he turns into a gray rage monster, uncontrollable, tear across the lands. I know what you're thinking. Wait a second. Deep bomb, I know the whole ain't shit to do with the moon. That's why I tell you you're wrong as shit. Because as Chris already alluded to, this is not the Marvel superhero you think it is. This is the remnants of the horror comics that were Marvel and timely before this. Yeah. Go to our our history lesson on issue comics. This is the era post superhero comics are dead. Post McCarthy era, post the the section of the trials. Superhero comics are dead. We're doing Western comics, we're doing space comics, we're doing horror comics. The man in the anthill becomes Iron Man. And this becomes the Hulk. And it grows and it changes, and one of the reasons it was great originally is because of the printing, the cost of print green. Mm-hmm. But he develops into the character we all wish we had, kind of. We all wish that when we felt weak and powerless, we could transform into a stronger version of ourselves to defend ourselves. And that's one of the other things too. I love, I love how how weak it really is a caricature, right? Because I love how weak they make Bruce Banner seem. Because every time I, it, it just hit me the other day when I was reading it, and we, we you read it and you don't blink about it when you see it. When when the Hulk ever calls Bruce Banner the ninety eight pound weakling, and then it hit me. I was like, wait. A grown ass man that's 98 pounds? Yo, Bruce Banner's sick. Like, I'm not talking about like sick of the no, head. Like, like he's like like a grown ass man that weighs 98 pounds. Like, Tom Cruise is like 5'1. He weighs more than 98 pounds. Like, come on, how weak is Bruce Banner? Tom Cruise weighs as much as a billion dead alien souls, sir. Anyway. Get them feeding th- th- levels up, bitch. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> 
I hate you for extending that joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you shouldn't have made it. <laughs> you know what? I don't. I didn't say I didn't hate me, sir. Right. I just said I also hated you. <laughs> this is, hey, this is the content you guys get when we we only do in one care to quarter a month. All right, you got the deal it's with a it. Quarantine. <laughs> right. This is a, this is the court. This is the court. The quarantine. Up, the quarantine years of the care to corner, guys. You just gotta suck it up. Suck it up and deal with it, man. Suck it up and deal with Doing it. Doing the best we can. Right. <laughs> um. But the Hulk also, it was it was definitely written enough to where you could understand that this isn't just power fulfillment. It's the acknowledgement that giving into that kind of rage is inherently destructive and you can lose yourself in it. And that's where the story starts. And that's like the feet of clay of the Marvel signature of this, this character. But what I've enjoyed is watching different writers, obviously, with their own buckloads of baggage to the character. Hi, Peter David. Go see a counselor. Oh. Um, and then, like, just kind of dump it there. And I, I stop now in describing the character because, based on how much Al Ewing you've read, everything else is up to debate. Yeah. Um, I, I am so eager to talk about everything but the current iteration of the character because it actually makes, like, Chris, this run makes me nervous. <laughs> The way Morrison used to make me nervous. I mean... Where you're like, I feel like... Like, okay, so for those... Wow, this is a huge... The Invisibles. Grant Morrison wrote it in the early 90s. The Invisibles is actually... And this is me listening to way too much last podcast. And I read The Invisibles recently. It's just a large scale... Um... What is the magical? It's 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 a magical um, activity, and he blurs the lines. And if you read Good Morrison when he's on the fun drugs, <laughs> it's really trippy and really like kind of mind expanding. Al Ewing writes things that like the fact that he thought of them makes me nervous for his well-being. If you go read Ultimate, some of like the higher level thinking stuff he says, terrifying. Mm-hmm. Utterly terrifying. <clears throat> and as you read <laughs> Immortal Hulk, terrifying. Unsettling shit. Like, let's maybe have him sit down on the counter and ask some questions. As to where Al you even got this stuff from. Does he see things when he sleeps? Let's have a conversation. Yeah. Like well because yeah. what you know about the Hulk is he's super strong, the matter gets the stronger he gets, no one's strong at all. That is important for you to know. However, we're gonna talk about how this Hulk, this character, is actually multiple versions of the Hulk. Well, so that, there's two things I want to get. So one I want to go back. We're gonna get into the personalities in a minute, because that's the other thing too, is this this kind of expands on the Hulk character really to really understand the Hulk, you really gotta get into the idea of Bruce Banner not just didn't just get hit with you know the gamma radiation tournament the Hulk. He also get he's, he's got multiple personalities at this point. And there's multiple versions of him. Before we get into that, I want to offer the abuse child before the bomb. Well, and and that's other thing too. It's kind of so definitely get into that as well. Um, but before I went into that, I also want to say that this you know you were talking about how this is born out of the 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 horror comics of this. And also thinking about this idea of like gamma radiation, nuclear testing, things like that. And I had to go back and take a look at it. I wanted to see when 
Godzilla was created because we know the Godzilla stuff was all created out of Japan off of the, the you know, uh, in the wake of, you know, the, the, the nuclear bomb being dropped on there. And that was 1954. Uh, the Hulk in 1962, and I'm thinking that's also around the height of the Cold War. So this is intrigue and fascination behind mm-hmm. atomic energy, atomic weapons, and gamma radiation, all the other stuff. There's another key element that's always in throughout these comics. Like again, we're going to talk about runs here. It's going to be a little bit different character corner than we normally do, where I think it's easier to kind of... I think, I think with the Hulk, it's a little bit harder to do this lineage timeline with him. Um, it's more about kind of looking at um, some of the themes that are always kind of present in these, these runs. And one of them is always that the government is always, after that initial test that, that turned um, uh, uh, Bruce Banner and the Hulk, remember also, I think, I don't know if it was the initial issues that did this, but I know in later kind of retcons of this, that even that gamma radiation test kind of ties back to the original Super Soldier program and, right. uh, and Captain America, because that's one thing that Marvel's kind of retconned the doing, is tying everything back to the it Super It was Soldier one program. of the neatest things I thought they did in the Ultimate Universe, where it was like, yeah, he became the Hulk because he was chasing the Super Soldier serum. Right. That's where Norman got his powers for Peter Parker. I was like, that's just one of the like, nice little... Easy knots to tie up in the universe, right? And, and and it's one of the things that makes sense in 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 the universe because, again, you know, one accident that that involves a you know gamma radiation nuclear bomb isn't going to stop the U.S. government for trying to get their weapons. And also, this idea of looking at the Hulk as a weapon or potential way to turn. If well, we can sure he's out of control and he's a rage monster, but if we can control it, wouldn't that be cool? And so you also get this idea of the government continually trying to create weapons, whether it's super soldiers or whether it's just gamma bombs themselves using that stuff. And so that's always a, a thing that kind of ties in there. Like, you know, uh, Hulk has a list of villains and, 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 and key characters that are tied to him, but almost everything kind of ties around, you know, this gamma radiation and stuff. Um, so uh, I'm sorry, you were going to say something else. I kind of went off on a tangent there. No, I don't know where I'm going. Oh, personalities. I was going to talk about. We were going to talk about the personality. Ah, yeah. So, so and I like how like, and that's one of the best things that it's hard to like you said. It's hard to do the chronological because so much that's good about the Hulk is when they dive back and add layers to that childhood and layers to the origin. Um, so let's talk about the origin. Let's talk about the the best way we can kind of tackle it. Bruce Banner was born to. An abusive alcoholic father who told his wife to have a kid, and then as soon as the kid was born, he became jealous of it. He was also a, worked in radio in, in, in nuclear engineering and was scared that he may have reached his own son. So even after Bruce was born, Brian thought the kid was a monster. And there's like so many stories about the abuse that came on, the, abuse, the things that went on, there. and then they they add like at certain points they add like all these like even worse things that happened to Bruce, and like to the point where like his childhood at this point is best described just like a pock. Like right. I think Ewing's doing a thing where everything's going to matter in his run, mm-hmm. but it culminates with Brian beating. Rebecca to death in front of Bruce. Right. 
And that's it. Because he had an imaginary friend at that point that he called the Hulk. Mm-hmm. And that's where thing like that's where it comes it goes from like this is a simple story about X, Y, and Z to like this is weird. Yeah. And you've made it weird. Like it's it's it is the opposite. So in the Amazing Spider movies, when they tried to make Peter's father tied to Norman and like tied him out of that, it was a whole weird thing. It felt like it cheapened it. Mm-hmm. But the more layers you get with the Hulk, for me, it's always felt like it's been added to. Well, because I think, and I think the reason for that is there's a lot of these stories and these runs that I've read. Like I said, I want to say so, and we'll talk. We'll go more into how we got to that point. But in the Jason Aaron run, where Jason Aaron takes over, what we have here is the Hulk has, and this is like again, like I said, we're jumping around. We're not doing this one chronologically. Um, I want to say the Jason Aaron run was like, ooh, what, 2016? Or maybe it was a little bit earlier than that. Um, maybe 2012 or something like that. Uh, he wrote 15 issues. And then that issue, when you get that run is, the Hulk has physically separated from Bruce Banner. He's made a deal with the devil, Dr. Doom, um, or a Dr. Doom bot, uh, to physically separate himself from Bruce Banner. And the Hulk goes off by himself. And what you find here is... Bruce kind of goes a little... Bruce turns into a mad scientist and goes fucking crazy. And becomes kind yeah. of a villain. And what you later find out is, is it's that the Hulk is the part of Bruce that kind of kept him in check. It's, it was the outlet for his rage. It was the outlet for his... his, his it was also his, the fact that he was scared of the Hulk. Right. And so he had that check in there. Which, again, when you tied into... The, 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 the aspect of, and it's so funny that we're doing this right after we, we wrapped up, you know, the Tom King Batman run. When you tie this into the layers of abuse on a child, and we, there's always this idea of nature versus nurture and what happens to, to, abuse, to, to children of abuse and how that, that affects our psychosis, uh, their, their psychology growing up and things like that. Here you have, in Bruce Banner, you, have, you see what happened to that. And so when you get to this, 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 um, this run here, you have all these years of, Bruce claiming that the Hulk is a monster and the Hulk is this, the Hulk is that. And what you find is, oh, that's just that's just you, bro. It's all part of you. You're a monster. You're a monster. You know, your monster keeps you from being more of a bigger monster. And and I think that to me is where the Hulk is interesting, right? The idea of who really is the monster and how much of a monster he is, and the misunderstandings that come from that. Because I think a lot of that also comes from people under misunderstanding who uh, uh, what the Hulk is and you know and and not getting to the the bottom of his rage and why why it can never be controlled why that I'm always angry line and you wouldn't like me when I'm angry and the fact that as he gets anger he gets stronger and that's the, it's the rage building inside of Bruce Banner you know and I think that to me is 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 such a one of the again those interesting layers that get get added on Later on down the line in the in the run, but they make those earlier stories so much better. So for poignant because it's always it's cooler to know why. Right. Oh, the Hulk terrorizes town. The why of the Hulk is really they get you with and it's kind of very reflective of how Marvel works. We get you with the explosions with the big flashing lights, but you stay for the why. You stay for the people. Mm-hmm. You stay for depressed Bruce Banner. Joe fixed it, Bruce Banner, who is 
<laughs> Yo, hey, Joe is great. Um, so Christmas leading to this, the Hulk has distinct personalities, and they're different versions of the Hulk. And let's talk about some of the different versions of the Hulk. One of the first ones we meet that's not just, you know, the green Hulk is <laughs> you already named him Joe Fixit. So Joe Fixit is a smaller Hulk who's gray. And may or may not be um, a bit of a sociopath. <laughs> nah. yeah. He was a enforcer in Las Vegas. He is, and it's weird because he is the the personality wise that's like that dark side of Bruce. Mm-hmm. He is like crafty. Um. It's interesting. So, like, it's he's bigger than an average human. He gets suits, but yeah, I, I like I like I like Gray Hulk. I like Joe Fixit. It's almost it's um, almost like a, a Gray Hulk version of like when um, Ben Grimm will dress up in a in a in a, uh, in a trench coat and top hat and go out. Exactly, what it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly what it is. You know, um, the Hulk we're almost used to is the Savage Hulk, childlike Hulk. Talks in the third person. This is the reflection of the kid that was beat. Yeah. Joe Fixit has been likened to like um, a dickhead cocky teenager. Mm-hmm. The professor, I always thought was a lie. They call him Merge Hulk. It is the personality of Banner, Savage, and Gray. He's stronger than Savage Hulk when they're both calm, but Savage Hulk's never calm. Right. <laughs> and when Merge Hulk became too crazy, he would turn back into Bear. Mm-hmm. Yo. Not here for the professor. Not gonna lie. Yeah, no. Um... It's later revealed, or at least like hinted at, that this isn't a real iteration of the Hulk. That this was um, a personality created by Doc Samson. Mm-hmm. So, and then there is my favorite Hulk, the World Breaker. Yeah, of course, he's awesome. This is where they Hulk and Banner get along. And this is the first, one of the first times where, yeah, Merge Hulk happened and oh, he's stronger. This is the first one where you're like, oh, that would actually be fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. If Banner and Hulk were both like, yo, fuck everyone else. Let's do this shit. Right. Because in the Planet Hulk arc that you alluded to, we get that happens because he's done too much. The damage has become too much. You gotta understand that Hulk is like a going concern for this planet full of superheroes. We're always like, hey, we're trying to do good, we're trying to do right. And yeah, that's our crazy cousin, Hulk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He moved to your town, we'll pay for the damages. He tells where he went. So the Illuminati decide we gotta get this big green fucking insurance claim off the planet. And they thought they had shot him to a nice peaceful planet where he could live out his days. Unfortunately, they shot him to a planet called Scar, which went, which goes to it sounds about how it was. Not great. <laughs> the gladiatorial plant, and of course, the Hulk won. 
The Hulk won. Within the ship, the Hulk didn't just win. Hulk takes a wife. Hulk starts a family. Because of leader. Yeah. And then his planet blows up because of the damage in the core that the ship that the Illuminati had sent him there. And then you get World War Hulk, where it's not a good day to be one of those people who fucked with the Hulk. Yeah. Because he's stronger than ever, and he's focused. Right. Well, it's also also this idea of, you know, and again, we'll, we'll, we'll go back to some of the stuff in the beginning, but I think it's important to realize that this is, this is a Hulk where, like, like you mentioned, where Banner and the Hulk personalities get, get along, so he's not warring with himself. Every other Hulk that you see is a war in that at least one version, whether it's, if, it's, if he's Banner at that time, then he's actually also trying to suppress that version, that, that Hulk inside of him. If he's a Hulk, he's actively trying to bury and suppress Banner inside of him. When you get the world breaker Hulk, there's none of that. It's completely focused on why he's the world breaker. <laughs> you know, it's there's no internal warring at that point. It's 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 scary. You know, and the last Hulk was the Devil Hulk. Prior to Civil War Two, we'd gotten hints of Devil. Uh, this is the Hulk born from his need from a father figure. But because, you know, he's so traumatized, he can't imagine love without pain. And so when they killed Banner in the Second Civil War, again, we will get to it. And he came back to life. The Devil Hulk took control. And it is goddamn terrifying. He is influencing Bruce when he's not transformed. He is able to control. He he changed his transformation to nighttime. Mm-hmm. And now he's smarter than everyone. Right. And I don't know if you've read like some of those like Avengers Maxi series they put out. That's it. Where it's like a no surrender. I think it's one of them. Al Ewing wrote it, and it's the same Hulk, but when they're facing the bad guy, you can like read their mind. It's like, you want everything to be destroyed. You think the humans have wasted it all, and, you're, and, it's, and it's terrifying. This is the Hulk that wants to destroy humans' civilization. Mm-hmm. It's the one that decided... You're all wasting it. And we've gotten a piece of this in that um, Immortal Hulk run where they show the future. Yeah. Those are the Hulks that matter. There are other Hulks that have popped around. But those are, I think those are the, the, the personas, I think, that to tie directly to the childhood trauma and that we're going to see the most of and talk the most about. Right. Right. Um, before we go through some of the going back and get some of the chronological order stuff, let's talk about some of the key characters, some of the key enemies, because uh, these come up early in the run. So obviously, there's Betty Ross, uh, also in the first issue, along with Rick Jones. Uh, her father's also in that first issue, I believe. Um, uh, Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross, Ross, 
the you know um, Betty at one point is she are they married again now or are they not married? I don't think they're married at this point. Currently, currently, in the comics, yeah. Betty Ross is a corpse that was dug up by um, Rick Jones. In the Immortal Hulk run, isn't she like a harpy or something? She's not, yeah, they dug her, she was a dead person. Oh, that's right. And then, yeah, okay. And they dug her up and now she's the harpy. Yeah, so technically, but uh, again, are they technically still married, though? You can't marry a dead person. I think once they're dead, Well, they're no, but I oh, mean... That's, 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 not, that's, not, that's not, They were married, Bruce died, Bruce came back, didn't tell. Right, but then she got a divorce from that. That's what, that's what I'm saying. It's very confusing. I'm like... But are they still technically legally married? Like, I understand all this happened in between, but I'm not sure what their actual status is. Comics are weird. Right, I'm not sure. Because technically, because you're like, you're like, well, she's a corpse. I'm like, well, technically, Bruce is a corpse as well. So, <laughs> death doesn't stop marriage, does it? I don't know in Marvel. Um, but yeah, so we have Betty there. Uh, Glenn Talbot, uh, again, Agent Show's back, so uh, we, we know that mm-hmm. name. Um, but yeah, uh, he was Tales of, uh, Tales of Astonish in 61. Um, the interesting thing also about this is, we should have mentioned this, the Hulk is an interesting, another interesting, uh, solo character in Marvel in that, uh, unlike some of the other characters that get their first solo books in anthology books, he started off with his own solo book and then went to anthology. So he started off with Incredible Hulk is his first appearance and he had it started off with that book. And then uh, they start telling more of uh, Hulk stories and Tales of Astonish. So that's another like interesting like kind of tidbit, Marvel tidbit with this, is that a lot of these other characters, you know, didn't started off anthology, then went to solo. He started off with a solo book out the gate. So interesting thing there. Um, we mentioned the same before, uh, Doc Samson. Uh, interesting. All these people also eventually end up getting some kind of irradiated with. Uh, gamma radiation themselves. Uh, a psychologist who, uh, during one of his sessions with with um, Banner, is irradiated with gamma radiation uh, and takes on the persona, uh, not persona, but the name Doc Samson. Um, he gets super strength. Hair turns green. I think at one point, like he gets stronger as his hair grows longer. Like the biblical character. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Yeah. That. So uh, <laughs> that is no longer no longer there. Um, interesting thing with, with the, all, almost all the names I mentioned there, except for Glenn, Glenn Talbot, all these, all of those people eventually at some point become a Hulk version themselves or some kind of powered being, uh, with, um, uh, gamma radiation, which you get another thing that Al Ewing's run takes into account that is almost like become a, it's, you, you got the bad family, I guess the Hulk family at this point. Green door. Green door. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's what it is. Uh, another name in part of that family, uh, Jennifer Walters, uh, She-Hulk, uh, Bruce Banner's cousin, gets a blood transfusion from him after, I think, a drive-by shooting or a car accident or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was. We are not going to cover a lot of her in this because I figured that there is a Disney Plus show coming for She-Hulk. So we can, we'll dive more into that when um, that show, we get closer to that show. Uh, but her first um, appearance is actually in her own book, Savage She-Hulk number one in the 1980s. Um, going to some other key characters here, dealing with some of the enemies. Uh, we'll deal with kind of the big ones. The leader, Tails to Astana. I'm so glad you the leader first. I was like, that's the number one, right? Like, yeah, you can joke around with everything else, but the leader's number one. Yeah, particularly with Immortal Hulk. Al Ewing, seek help. Yeah, no, the leader's number one. Samuel Stearns, 
Um, I again, gamma radiation. Um, and gives him uh an incredible intelligence. And now here's the thing: is he views he views the Hulk as an enemy. It's not it's not a Mandarin thing where he where Mandarin viewed Tony Stark as the enemy, and Iron Man just got in the way. The leader views. Is is it is it he views the Hulk as the enemy, not Bruce Banner, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. There's always something. It's it's interesting. I know it sounds weird to some people going like they're one and the same, not to some villains. And I think that also kind of makes it particularly with these, right? Well, particularly with the Hulk. Yeah, and I think that actually matters here. Um, Tales of Sonic Ninety brought us Abomination, Uh, Emil. Well, what's the, what's the last name? Blonsky. Blonsky, yeah. Um, we also have some other ones. Wendigo, I guess you can say there. They have that listed. Uh, they all remember. Green. Huh? Well, yeah. Green. You, know, you know, Incredible Hulk, uh, 80, 80, 80 to 82. 180 to uh, 182 are the first appearances of Wolverine. Uh, 181 is the actual first full appearance of Wolverine. Kind of hops hops in there, so and that's also the issue where they kind of take on Wendigo. Wolverine kind of falls in, I guess you could say, enemy ally. Just one of those things of the Hulk. Just they they have to fight every time they come across each other, but then usually end up working together, kind of, sorta. And it's one of those other interesting things where it's like it's never really a fight that Wolverine can really win at any point because dude, you're five three and this is the Hulk. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Like, that was one of the interesting things I did find in the Jason Aaron run where uh, <laughs> it was Wolverine and the thing showed up to take out the Hulk. And I'm just like, huh. And the guy, the guy was walking with him was like, don't you guys need more Avengers? He's like, no, when there's a Hulk, you know, you're dealing with Dr. Doom, you're dealing with other people, you call the other Avengers. You're dealing with the Hulk, you call us too. I'm like, really though? Really? Really? <laughs> you sure about that? Really? Yeah. <laughs> it also, uh, also gives me one of my favorite moments is when uh, in that run, uh, in that issue where uh, uh, Hulk has punched uh, uh, Ben so hard, he's like knocked a piece of his, his rock face off, and he's holding it, and then he he crushes it and then and Ben's like, "Don't you fucking, don't you dare!" And then Hulk crushes it and then blows it in his face. I'm just like, God, you guys made a you made you made some bad life decisions today, Ben. This is one of them. Shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have done That's that. That's why anytime anyone tries to fight the Hulk, I'm sure. this was Yeah. It's just like not a good idea. Um, then you have, you know, the Hulkbusters. And I think a lot of pop t- people think Hulkbusters, you automatically think uh, Tony Stark and his, his, his Iron Man costume. But this is more, his Iron Man suits, but this is more dealing with like the government run Hulkbusters. Um, and we get a lot of them in, um, I want to say it is Peter David's run. Uh, they have a you had two Craig Sanders and uh, Saunders and Samuel the Rocket, um, Redeemer and end up turning into Redeemer and Rock by the leader to take on um the Hulk and it does not go well for both of them. So, like that's going to be a theme recurring about this. Like, it does not matter what you do. Against the Hulk, <laughs> yeah. Um, he yeah, a fucking problem. Yeah. Um, some let's start early in because we already talked about Incredible Hulk number one. I kind of went through some of the uh, 
issues here. Again, these are these are the 1960s comics, guys. So you we're not going to kind of dig really deeply into some of these here. We're I don't, not going to talk about Hulk versus the Toadman. Ah, uh, you know, I think you know, I, I was. I was thinking about it, but we're kind of pressure of time, so I think I'm going to have Fair to enough. decline. I will mention some other things, like Avengers number one, September 10th, 1963. He joins Iron Man, Thor, Ant Man, and the Wasp to take on Loki on that on that front cover. Uh, I think Avengers three is where he kind of joins forces with. For the record, he does not join it. Yeah, he's on the Loki inadvertently causes the formation of the Avengers because he tricks the Hulk into fighting Thor, and then they all start to fight Loki. Right. They don't find Cap until four, and he leaves in three. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so the Hulk leaves in three, and Cap joins in in issue four. So this, it's like he's on the cover. He's technically there, but like not really. And it's weird because even after that, I think he's still in the. Because you know they usually do that thing where they put the 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 team all the team ahead. No, I missed that. Yeah, I I, I missed that too. But uh, his face is still there in like, some of those issues too. And I'm like, but he's not on the team, but. Whatever he had to do to sell books, I guess it's fine. It's fine. Um, we also have the, the he also joined. There's also the defenders, uh, and I did get all these books. I did not read through them, um, but he's uh, that the defenders are. It's Hulk, Doctor Strange, um, isn't it Namor? And who else? Uh, like Doctor Strange, uh, Namor, um, Silver Surfer, Silver Surfer. There you go. Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, there's also the Defenders. Uh, you can read that. Um, where I really kind of started off, really kind of picking it up with, was um, in the 80s with uh, Bill Mant- Mantlo's um, a run. It starts in at 280, uh, 245. And really kind of focus on the Crossroads to Eternity uh, issues, thir- uh, 300 to 313. Um, basically what happens here is uh, the enemy nightmares kind of cause Savage, Savage Hulk to kind of dominate and kill off Banner. Um, and after fighting the Avengers and, and Doctor Strange, who again is a teammate on the Defenders, has this you know uh, affection for Banner and the Hulk and feels for him, he uses his power to send the Hulk away. Which again, th- it it, it kind of also gives you some context for what the Illuminati later on does. Because you read this, you read the Crossroads of Eternity, you realize this is not the first time Doctor Strange has done something like this. Right. He, you know, this is not this is not a recurring theme. The idea of sending the Hulk away and because he can't be controlled is not a new theme. This is something that people think about very often to do. Because what can you do with a raging Hulk monster? Um, but anyway, he uses his, his 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 powers to send the Hulk off to this multidimensional space called the Cross uh, Roads, Cross Worlds, where um, uh, Hulk is given a choice. He can go to these different worlds where he can. Vent out his rage and not hurt anybody. Uh, and he, he picks, a, picks a world to go to, uh, the, and this space goes there. If he's discontented, he's then automatically transferred back to the crossroads to pick another ro- road to do. Um, and find a world. And, and what I love about these issues is you kind of find ways of seeing the Hulk. Uh, you know, one, you see as he goes through this, the banner coming more and more back into the forefront and the Hulk becoming less and less savage. Uh, as you go through each one of these these these, these crossroads and these pieces, and learning different lessons about how he doesn't want to be alone, he needs friends, and and I, I feel like it was is that front kind of one of those first times when you kind of really get this idea of someone really kind of digging into the underlying psychology of the Hulk, which I think makes the, the character more interesting. For sure, it's it's 
it's probably the first time we get to see someone take not the first time but probably the best example of someone taking a much more serious look at what the hell this rage monster actually is right Right. and what it means like you said this crossroads because it's actually kind of like it's the crossroads the hulk always finds himself in you can do anything But you always end up alone. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know. It's, I really like the fact that you're right. This is probably the first time we get that kind of introspection. I hadn't thought about it that way. Well, and it's, and it's also this idea of, you know, um, seeing this idea that, one, <laughs> sending the Hulk away is not a good thing. Because, no. you know, one of the things that he needs, he... It also kind of drops some of this idea of everybody wants to send the Hulk away instead of giving him the help that he needs. And all you're going to do is cause more problems when he comes back. Um, and so, you know, Hulk finds, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to say he kind of finds peace, but more finds like determination in there. Um, so that was one, one run that uh, I thought there. Uh, I think the next big run after that is obviously a name that listens to us talk about um, some other. Uh, characters on the character corner, particularly Aquaman, you'll know this name, Peter David. Um, Peter David does a 12-year run on an on Incredible Hulk. Issues 331 to 400. Um, it, this is also kind of going back, because at this point also, we've gotten to the point where you know, different writers use different ways of kind of dealing with the Hulk transformation. So, oh, he just turns when, you know, Bruce gets angry. Again, we're talking about, this is around, we're back in the 80s now. Character been around since the 60s. In 77, this is where, you know, the Incredible Hulk TV series comes out. And this is another, uh, you know, I bring this up now uh, because the Incredible Hulk TV series, like, you know, what happened to some other things around the time, it kind of did bring in some things that we kind of think about being from the comics, from that, like the whole thing, the whole catchphrase of "Don't make me angry, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry." That's from the TV mm. series, you know. Um, and so, a lot of times in the books, that Hulk was Bruce Banner returning to Hulk when he lost control, when uh, he he got angry, and that's what triggered this transformation. Peter David goes back to this the horror aspect of the Hulk transformations that. Very much so. The Hulk comes out at night and Banner exists at day. And not just that, but the the phases of the day, of the night, of, of the moon, also uh, trigger how strong the Hulk is. He's strongest on the new moon, weakest at the full moon. And they do the whole thing with radiation, things like that. And so that is an aspect you're dealing with in this one. And, um, I think that that also uh, really, um, again, like you said, it getting back to the roots of the Hulk makes a more interesting story because now it's not just about oh well, Banner, just just control your fucking anger, get, get a hold of yourself. It takes that that agency away from Banner, and now it's like he he cannot control it. He can't. It's not just about controlling your anger. It's like when that sun goes down. 
there's nothing you can stop. You can't. It's, 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 it becomes an, it's, it's not a control thing. It's now an, an inevitability that the Hulk will come out at that point. Um, and so uh, this is also kind of dealing with uh, things like Rick Jones be, being a Hulk for a bit. This idea of new, uh, the government going after and, bu- and creating new gamma bond, bombs using Banner's research. Um, uh, Samuel Stearns, the leader, is trying, uh, one, at this point, he had lost his, his powers because, uh, the, you know, much like um, he had done some, like, uh, the radiation, it just, uh, it, he was losing it uh, during the day, and he, he lost his powers. So he's trying to get those powers back. Uh, so the very beginning of this Peter David run, um, he uh, kind of tricks i don't even want to say tricks because i think you know at that point the hulk believed it and it and it was true um uh samuel stearns helped uh uh remove quote-unquote remove the gamma radiation from rick jones so he wouldn't wouldn't turn into a hulk-like creature and uh and would help um uh the hulk kind of bury banner further in himself so that he wouldn't come out because again there's always that aspect of the competing nature of Hulk and Banner of trying to suppress each other. Um, right. And, um, yeah, it's a, uh, also then there's, uh, you know, actually, uh, the leader, I can't remember what issue it is, but that's when he sets off a gamma bomb in Middleton and basically creates a whole bunch of new, um, gamma creatures. Three, uh, 345. 345. And this is also where, um, the Joe fix it um, Hulk comes out, you know, the gray Hulk, uh, he's in Vegas and he's working as a, a fixture for a casino boss at that time. Like it's a, again, it, it, this is, this is, you know, Peter David, we covered a lot of this, um, uh, how Peter David writes with the Aquaman run. Um, Peter David is another one of those names as you see, especially in these older you know, runs in like the eighties and early nineties, see that name, give it a read. It's another one of those see things that. of, of giving a writer space and time to tell a story. He tells a 12 year Hulk story here. Um, and, uh, yeah, like you give them enough time when he, and he does so much with it. Right. He, he, he took so a lot of these concepts that I think that get built on in the Al Ewing run. We talk about that's run now come from this Peter David run of really kind of digging into the struggle between Hulk and, and, and Banner. Wow. Um, so that takes us into the 20. And then he has all, also tells one that he has one of those, the, the end stories that um, Marvel did a series of these for, for different, uh, different characters. So he, in the 2000s, Peter David told his final Hulk story with Incredible Hulk at the end. And all these things are on um, uh, Marvel Unlimited, thankfully. So you can go and, Check them out there and, and read them and uh, check them out. Um, do you want to say anything else about the Peter David run? I mean, yeah, it, it's 12 years. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, the stuff, like the Merch Hulk happens then, the Pantheon stuff happens, Marlowe Chandler happens. Um, <laughs> this Peter David does the Maestro, right? I think so. Um, Incredible Hulk, Future Imperfect. I want to see where really one stuck in here. Uh, yeah, Peter David. Uh, January 93, two issues. And yep. 
You don't know what lies ahead of you. I do. Listen to me, Bruce. They're going to take it all away. You're going to end up with nothing and no one. Persecution, betrayal, hatred. These things don't change. It's Maestro, which is a future version of the Hulk that had outlived everyone and taken over the world. That's his words to his past self. And it's so interesting because we just talked about in the crossroads how the one lesson he learned is that you don't have to be alone. Mm -hmm. And that's the first thing that Maestro hammers on, hammers away at him on. Um, he gets taken in the future by Rick Jones's granddaughter to fight his future self. And Maestro was killed, allegedly, when the Hulk sent him back in time to ground zero at the very moment the gamma on that crater had gone off. So now he's there, he's, he's present at his own birth and death. And then you have this specter over the rest of the run. Because no matter what the Hulk does, he's terrified of becoming Maestro. Mm-hmm. And they bring they kill Benny, they bring her back. It's it's the whole it gets us all the way to onslaught. Right. And heroes are one. And I enjoy it. I, let's be very real here. I'm not the hugest proponent of this era of like late Peter David Hulk stuff. But it's better than I remember. <laughs> it's more, it's more closely tied to the Marvel Universe than I remember. More than we can say for that. Hulk is larger than control. He doesn't have to be on the right anymore. Right. And yeah, like there's times when like he um they make it run to Florida at some point and 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 there's a whole other thing, but eventually we get that giant cosmic reset that every big Marvel property got with Onslaught. Onslaught for those of you don't know, God bless you, Perfect Dell, was the manifestation of Charles Xavier's arrogance and his evil thoughts and Magneto's evil thoughts turned into a giant sonic monster that eventually evolved into a giant sonic flaw that was really hard to animate and illustrate. On a comic page is more of a conceptual thing. And for um, the heroes to beat them, they had to give them a new vessel. And they couldn't use mutants. So every character that wasn't a mutant and that was at the crossover got to die and be reborn inside a place where all the image creators had their own books. <clears throat> yeah. Um. Heroes Reborn is bad. We've talked about it in every other one of these podcasts we did. It's bad. Hulk is no exception. Um, the retcon here, let's talk about first how integral um, Hulk was in beating Onslaught. So when Onslaught is still a physical being, Jean Grey, re- and I'm remembering this straight off memory because I own these Joe Maguire <laughs> pages of her turning off the, the brainer part in his brain so he'd be strong to fight Onslaught. And she says to him, I, I can see the page. She says to him, who's Betty? And he says, leave me that. Turn, take everything else. And he goes and he beats the dog out of the Onslaught and the, the reality warping powers separate Banner and the Hulk and they go into the, the void separately. It's very well done. But yeah, um, here's one's bad. Just bad. Just not great. And then he gets back because when they finally restore him to the normal Earth, you re- it's revealed that Bruce went to counter-Earth. Savage Hulk's been here living by itself. And 
they tell the story from there and it's fine and they reunite him and it's fine again and they kill betty again and they mean to like and that's where like i know we're gonna say oh these are just kind of the stories everyone knows these are the best hulk stories planet earth is a gr- planet hulk is a great hulk story no it is it is i reread it planet hulk is a is a really great hulk story and it's also one of those things of it's a great Hulk story, and then you get to the end. And I mean, I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but you get the head, and, and you're just like, oh, so that's where the rage comes from. I get it. It makes sense. <laughs> right. You're like, that is just like all this stuff of, you know, he gets to this planet, and, and what also makes it work so well, and, and so Greg Pak writes this, and what makes, it, what makes it work so well is you see, you see Hulk resisting this entire time of being this uh what do they call him the um the uh what is the the title they keep saying that he is oh god why do i green scar no um being the the sarcarson and also the world breaker right he keeps you know this is where um you know he he tries so hard it it honestly can we look at the when 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 did planet hulk come out that was 2006 so it's like 2006 so this is after this is after the movie Gladiator comes out. And it's so much like that. It's that idea of, you know, he, it literally is Gladiator, the movie, just with Hulk, where he, you know, he, he's very resistant to forming a bond with these other gladiators. He's just there to fight. And it also gives him his idea. He's, you know, uh, in, in his first uh, fight where he doesn't know why he's on this planet, doesn't know why he got dragged there. And, the, you know, he instantly gets this, this, this uh, conflict with the Red King because he's the first person to ever be able to actually land a blow on the Red King and stuff like that. So there's this whole thing that kind of falls in line with what happens in the movie Gladiator. Um, but he forms this, this war bond with his um, fellow gladiators. All the while, people are looking at him and he's giving this planet the hope of a revolution. Someone that he doesn't want to lead. He doesn't want to lead this revolution. He doesn't want to do this. But eventually, come, you see him come into his own, come into this and understanding what he can be and that he can have that life. You know, because up to this point, he's trying to get back home, trying to, he's so angry at the Illuminati for sending him off into his planet and things like this and taking him away from his home. But he finally gets comfortable. He finally gets to this part where he's like, he, he embraces his role. He embraces his role of being that leader and, and, and leading this revolution and leading these people, this planet to, to freedom. And then in the end, it's taken away from him. You know, his wife is killed. His, you know, the people he saved, the only people that are left are his war bond, bonded, you know, fellow gladiators. Um, and that leads us right into World War Hulk, where, again, if you read World War Hulk without, and again, I, and I find this, again, you can read these things separately on their own and things like, you can just jump right in and read Planet Hulk if you want, but I feel like it's important to get the context of where all the things, like I said, if you read the Bill Mandelow, uh, Crossroads of Eternity, and then read, you know, you got to read all of the Peter David run, but you read the significant pieces of the Peter David run you understand the wariness and tiredness of the Hulk at this point. And so when you see him get that, finally let his guard down and get that glimmer of, of hope and, and that maybe I can be happy. Maybe I can have a life. 
and it literally is taken away from him in a flash and cr- as his wife is disintegrated in his arms yeah. you understand why he comes back to earth wanting to destroy everything and break the world and doing a really good job doing so <laughs> yes <laughs> like it gets super clips mm-hmm I like that um, he's even a knockout century. Mm-hmm. I like that he beats the dog shit out of Strange. Yeah. It's, it is, he beats up uh, Tony. He tells New York to evacuate New York City. Man, and then the Red Hulk shows up because for the first time in Marvel history, really, they had captured the Hulk. But of course, because one of the big tropes of the Hulk is someone trying to steal his powers, Red Hulk shows up, and then Scar shows up, his son. It is like we talk about Matt Murdock having a cycle of bad shit happen. Ooh, buddy. Ah. So the Red Hulk ends up being Talbot. And this Red Hulk beats the hell out of everyone. And this is when they're doing the Ed McGinnis covers. And like you see Red Hulk wield the hammer of Thor. Wait, wait, and... no, wait, you, you mean uh, not, not Talbot, uh, Ross. Ross, sorry, yeah. it's Talbot later, sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's a Red Hulk. Hulk eventually. Yeah, I mean, you get a Red Hulk, you get a Red Hulk, you get a Red Hulk. <laughs> You're right, I misspoke, I apologize. It's Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah, I, and... so that was one of the ones, and, and I think it's, this is Jeff Loeb writing uh, the Hulk series at that point. I saw that, I read that issue, and I think that's the issue with him and Thor took me out of it, because I'm just like, wait, how... Like the whole the whole explanation was, well, I'm not really wielding the hammer. I'm in space and I'm holding you holding the hammer. So technically, I'm holding. The, I'm like, well, n- stop. Like the fact that you, if you felt the need to explain like that on the page, you probably shouldn't have done. Like I, it was just like, stop. I'm not. I'm not here to talk about Jeff Lowe. How about that? I'm not here to do that. No, and, and and I don't want to say like the whole thing is bad or anything. It's not that at all. But it, that was one of the moments I read and I'm going like. Okay, guys, you're 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 losing me. You're losing me. You're losing me. So. And and they kept they, for a while. They turned the Hulk into their Batman. Mm-hmm. It was Kid Hulk with Sakar. It was um, other Hulks with the A Bomb and She Hulk and Savage She Hulk and Red She Hulk. Right. And Scar had a twin. It's fine. It's whatever. I just didn't. I, this is a period of the Hulk I didn't enjoy. Period still comes, gets a hammer. That was pretty fun. Um, for me, the next time the Hulk is really fun is when they re- reunite Bruce and the big guy. It becomes a weapon of shield. And basically, Banner would work with shield to, you know, kind of be their brains when he was, when he's needed. And then when they had stuff they couldn't fight, he would go as their weapon. Mm-hmm. He even ends up fighting time travelers for S.H.I.E.L.D. And 
Yeah, it goes really poorly because uh, eventually one of his assistants shoots him in the head and they have to give him the extremist to bring him back. And that made Bruce smarter. And that's not great. You know, I gotta say, you know, when you look back at it, extremist was, you know, just a bad, bad idea for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But one thing it did do was it, 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 it allowed him to develop a technology to serve all these gamma assholes of their powers. A-bomb, no more power. Scar, no more power. Red Shield, no more powers. Gamma Core, there was a core, no more powers. Red Bull, no more powers. He left Jin her powers because he said that, well, she's the one who's got life had gotten better, which honestly was actually more like, you're the one who happened before the explosion. So there it is. All right. <laughs> and then the Immortal Hulk happens. For a while there, Bruce is free of the Hulk. They find a way to give the powers to Amadeus Cho. And Bruce has been doing experiments to see what's going on with the cells because I, he's effectively gamma free. While this is happening in human precog, Ulysses Kane sees a vision. The Hulk would destroy everything. I put an arrow in his fucking head. Bruce asked for it. Bruce requested it, demanded it, if you would. But Clint still did it. He said, you're the one person who I work with who would probably, who, who would eventually get over it. Puts the arrow on his head. And then we learned something very important about the whole. Because Bruce's body was stolen by the hand and the, uh, the Uncanny Avengers end up fighting the hand for the body, returning him back to die again. And the challenge that brought him back. Or Avengers No Surrender. I'm telling you, this is the first appearance of Immortal Hulk, of Devil. Because during the fight, you figure out which Hulk it is. Because and it's so funny because now, like going back and reading Immortal Hulk and everything else, he gets brought back in the series. And during the series, he says, I'll help the challenger win because if you win, you destroy the earth, right? Perfect. I've been waiting to get rid of humanity. Hmm. And now Bruce realizes that the rapid secessions, the, 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 the resurrections aren't a coincidence. The Hulk can't be killed. Mm-hmm. And. Um, Immortal Hulk. How much of this do you want to talk about? Um. Well, before we get into that, oh no, we talked about the the Jason Aaron run. I'm trying to see where the Jason Aaron run fell, and I think it's right before the Civil War storyline. Mm-hmm. So I think it's before all the all new Marvel, like right before the Civil War. The Doc Green, yeah, yeah. So, um, we can go. I'm I'm reading it through, uh, Marvel Unlimited. So let me see how many issues. I'm almost up to power. Let's movies. get to work. You talk about I talked a lot. You talk about this run to where you are, and I'll I'll pipe in where I can. I'm trying to see right now, Kyle, but just reading it in here. Uh, I am Immortal Hulk. Let's see. 
here. I am at issue 24. What issue are they on now? Oh, I'm not even sure. Let's see. Yeah. So I've, I've gotten all the way through. I think that, yeah, this, this, they end in, in the. We're at 34 now. Okay. We're not that far away. I'm only 10, 10 behind right now. Um, but yeah, this is, um, it's different. Yeah. Al, 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 Al Ewing needs hugs, but he's another becoming one of my favorite writers to read what they do with a character, uh, or a set of characters and what they play around with it. You're right. There's a lot, there is this whole ca- has is it's, it's it's an interesting thing because this Hulk has this Devil Hulk has it has this whole idea of not caring, but then he does. You know, like the things he says. You know, uh, I, I you're like, oh, he doesn't really give a shit what was going on, but he does. I also love the fact that they have uh, what's her name, the black woman reporter, that um, Jackie McGee. You said what? Jackie McGee. Jackie McGee. Because I know early, I can't remember what issue it is, but it's one of my favorite lines when she was talking about how the privilege of 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 Bruce Banner to be able to to get angry and get all these second chances. She's like, I'm a black woman. I can't do that shit. Like <laughs> it's funny because so if you watch the old school um incredible Hulk television series, the reporter who was after Bruce Banner was Jack McGee. Mm. Interesting. So they that's an homage there. Nice. But yeah, 24. I'm trying to think what happens in 24. So you've seen like you've seen some shit. Oh no, I've definitely seen seen the Hulk eat some people. I've seen I've seen some shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You've seen like the green you know about the green door, yeah. you know about him being in hell. It's Yeah. They made the Hulk some sort of religious morality play. Yes. And they made the Hulk super gross. Well, at one point when the Hulk is taking on this, like, whatever that, uh, what, what's the, um, what's the name of the black dude who's, who's uh, the former major general who is now after the Hulk at one point? I can't remember his name. But at one point he sends that amalgamation of, of uh, this Rick Jones, like, gross monstrosity, new abomination after the Hulk. That can spit acid that can literally eat away at at the Hulk's um limbs, and you see this on the panels right and um uh, Betty is this now red hulk like harpy like monster har- the, the new harpy, and at one point, um you know the Hulk is almost dead, and she shows up and as he's fighting this uh, abomination in the pan the issue ends with her like eating his heart. And then when you get to the next issue, he's up fighting the bomb. And he's like, what the fuck happened? And like, even McGee is like, well, what the fuck did I just see? It's like, oh, no, 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 no. She killed me so it could jumpstart my regeneration so I could come back stronger. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Bro, they put this nigga in jars once. Yeah, 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 yeah. They separate, they separate him out, put him in jars. He's like, no, 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 that's not going to work. And he literally reforms his, like, it is. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm really excited to, for you to watch the end of this, read the end of this, because something that happened in the last five issues is batshit insane. Yeah. Um, 
yeah it, th- this has been a this has been a uh a really fun run i mean i don't want to say fun but interesting run to to read to see what they they, they do with the hulk here and also kind of answering these questions about like you know Again, there's this is one of those characters that I feel like because of what his power set is and because it, it's almost in Batman in a way. We were just talking about this when we were doing the Batman run that people misunderstand Batman and what Batman is and they just kind of break him down to the most base. Oh, just a rich white dude running around rooftops in a bat suit, right? And it's like, yeah, if that was it, then Batman wouldn't be as popular as he is. Um, I feel like in some ways the Hulk is the same way. It's like, yeah, you can say he's just a white guy who gets angry and turns into a rage monster and call it that way. But when you really dig down into what makes Bruce tick and 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 how dangerous Bruce is, like there's um and all these issues towards the end, they kind of show you that Betty is kind of looking at well, who was the real monster? Was it Bruce or was it the Hulk? You know who was it? You know, um, and, and who was it that I really loved in there that, that, that was there. And you kind of see that in, in all these runs and kind of pulling that stuff out there. And I think that to me are the, in, the interesting character study here is what makes this character run. I mean, it makes a character longevity and gives you so much room to play with. And I think, I think that's the thing that gets me like all these runs kind of tied to the, the major ones we just talked about are all interesting in their ways and they can kind of focus on a certain personality that you can do so much with. And like you said, this devil Hulk is, is quite scary, <laughs> you know, and what he can do. I'm also given to the idea of the idea that Bruce Banner's an immortal. And they make that very clear in 20. Right. Like he's immortal. You can't kill him. Um, and so, and, 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 and again, the thing, also thing about this Al Ewan run, it really ties heavily into things that we talked about before, like the whole idea of, you know, the evilness of Bruce's father, those a- aspects of it all kind of come through in this run. Like it's, yeah, this is, this is one of those runs that people have been giving it a lot of praises. And if you can go ahead and start, you know, reading it up on, um, on, uh, whatchamacallit. Um, cause one thing that also it kind of brings in as well as some of the secret empire stuff about how, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, a, a version of the Hulk sides with the, the, the Supreme commander, Captain America. And mm-hmm. remember that Captain America kills Rick Jones. Yeah. Um, and so there's, there's a lot of aspects of that, you know, that kind of get, have to get resolved in, in this Al Ewing run as well. So. Um, yeah, man. I'm really excited for you, to, to, for you to catch up. Yeah, I am too. Like I said, I started rereading it. Like I said, I've been, this is one of those runs. This is one of those runs I've just been, you know, I gotta save my money some kind of way. So I'm like, I'll just read it and catch up through, um, the Marvel Unlimited uh, for this one. But yeah, it's it's definitely been a really good uh, run to read. So, um, do, do you want to go through any of the ultimate other versions? I know the ultimate version, things like that, or we, we think we go like old man Logan versions that, you know, ah, they're just gross. Yeah, that's what I thought too. I, I, I was not, not a fan of old man Logan and I'm not a fan of what they did with the Hulk there. I felt like it just kind of went 
gross. Um, but I think it also kind of shows what we were talking about. It's like, if you, again, I'll say it again. If you Zack Snyder it and you only focus on the things that don't matter, you get things like the version you see in Old Man Hulk, where it appeals to some people because they're just gross. Um, and I know we talked about there's a lot of crazy gross things that are happening in uh, Ewing Run, but it's different when it's gross with a purpose. Um, and and it's not meant to be gross just to be gross, but actually to scare the everything shit out of you. And and to leave you with some fear, I'm going to read you the end of issue 24. Eons from now, at the end of all things. Bruce Banner of Earth, I am the sentient of the cosmos, and you are its last survivor. Now you must know that this issue opened with a revisiting of this exact scene where Galen of Ta is met with the same sentence of the cosmos and becomes Galactus into our universe. This is a repetition of that scene. This is a glowing figure hanging in the darkness of the void. You've been baptized in the energies of creation, and now we too will become a new form of life, as Galen of Ta was to the seventh and the eighth, the devourer, the Galactus, you shall be to the ninth. You and I will merge, and together we will be what must be for that new age. What will that be, Bruce Banner of Earth? What will you become? What will you... Who is that? And you see Bruce emaciated on an asteroid with a dead body next to him. And he speaks to the glowing man. Who? Mr. Immortal? His real name is Greg. He was homo supreme, the ultimate evolution of mutant power. He thought that made him special. But in the end, he was just a backup. Someone to stand here, meet you, do this. If the anointed prince, Franklin Richards, couldn't make it. I killed Franklin Richards two billion years ago. The same way I killed Craig and the same way I killed your Galactus and all the rest of them. How? Like this. And you watch them transform into the Hulk and devour the sentience of the cosmos in a very, very, very messed up scene that was have been to illustrate. And the last line, as this figure begs for its life, says, this isn't how the end's supposed to be. And you watch him bite it in half. You get this writing over the last few panels. There are two people in every mirror. There's the one you can see, and there's the other one. The one you don't want to. Ladies and gentlemen, the Hulk is officially a horror comic. Welcome back to its roots. Al Ewing, please speak to a counselor. Ah, boy. Yeah. Fun times. Fun times. Fun times. Fun times. Um, yeah, so that is the Incredible Hulk. Um, definitely read that Al Ewing run. Um, and, uh, it captures everything. Like, you could just read Mortal Hulk. The first, I think it's 33 issues are out right now. You could go right. read those 33 and you get a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Including the different facets of Bruce right. in various different ways. Yeah. So, um, all right, folks. Um, don't know what we're going to be doing for um, Character Corner and June, but we'll figure it out. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I'm, I'm feeling secret empire. So maybe, I don't know, but I don't know if that's going to be premium or wow. not. So we'll figure it out. We'll figure something out, but stay tuned for that. 
Also, uh, head over to the Super Tuesday Recap Podcast. We got a lot to talk about when it comes to the mailbag, because apparently uh, DC's now also talking to Henry Cavill to come back for Superman, but not for Man of Steel 2, but just to kind of do like they do with, you know, the Hulk. And I, sure, I don't... Sure, I'm glad we stuck around and didn't do the mailbag tonight. More I, to talk about on I, at this point, I do not know what the fuck Warner Brothers is doing with DC properly. You get something in common with everyone who works at WB. I, at this point, you know what I think it is? I think it is. I, I figured out what it is. It's that 4D chess that uh, Trump Trump people were telling us they were doing. This is we can be we can be done now. <laughs> I just said that. All right, folks. Uh, make sure you guys subscribe. Character Corner. Uh, leave us a five star review. We'll read it on air. Um, yeah, folks. Um, have fun. Till next time. We are out of here. Peace. <laughs>